This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds and Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair Media Network. It was two a time last week, but now it's Luton living this week, baby. It is I, Rob Paul. A.K. a demoralized partial Chargers fan. And truly, I don't know if there's any real Chargers fans. And with me, as always, is AJ Danucci sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> Marchese. Uh, ben Danucci. <laughs> I wish he got another but, start, Rob. AJ's Italian, so AJ's allowed to do that voice. Yeah, we, I think they my last name is Marchese. Like, I think they know. I don't know. My last name's Paul. And yeah, you're from Paul Sylvania. That was weak as fuck. Uh, so, Today, I'm on the spot here. Okay. Election day. Today, we're talking all the NFL rookies who thrived and struggled in week eight. Let's hit it. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving up. To Cleveland, maybe looking for a Lawrence or Sewell. Don't draft specialists on the first day. Don't draft specialists on the second day. Maybe draft a punter in the six. We'll see. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect, with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. <sighs> okay, AJ. Before we jump into NFL rookie talk and a lot of quarterback talk this week, um, Pittsburgh safety Paris Ford has opted out and declared for the 2021 NFL draft. Uh, how high were you on old uh, Paris Ford, Rob, in the summer times? Well, like, I liked him, but I did not like him the way some people on draft Twitter liked him. Um, and uh, the, the reason I bring it up is because uh, I saw him in a first round of a mock this week, which kind of I, like, I, rose my eyebrows a bit. Yeah, see, I thought, like, potential day two guy, um, top mm-hmm. ten safety in the class, love how physical he is, but a lot of the time, like, he would whiff on certain uh, on tackles looking for that kill shot. Um, yeah. And he struggled at times in coverage, and I think he he was uh, a little bit one dimensional, at least in the way Pittsburgh used him, like in a very just too deep safety role. Mm-hmm. You didn't see him do a lot of different other things. Um, he he was playing really well though. Yeah, I was about uh, to say, I, I'm pretty sure I had him like in the like early day three guy, and just like 
eyeballing it, I, I felt like he, he should be a day two pick, but uh, yeah, but he obviously opts out um, seven games in. Tough game this past week. Yeah, and th- then it becomes a question of is he quitting on the team or is he really opting out uh, because of COVID? Because we're, I mean, we're seven games into the season. Yeah. Um, but it was also on their idle week, so maybe it was like a real reassessment of what's going on, and he decided to opt out. Uh, either way, he he still has, certainly is a shot to be top one hundred pick. Yeah. Um, between this year and last year, I mean, there's enough tape out there of him making plays that that you could see it go that way. It's just it's tough because I think this is a very deep safety class. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe no top. Like I don't think there's necessarily a first round guy in this class but there's a lot of guys who i think can go on day two yeah yeah like like all the guys we kind of pegged as the top dudes in the summer uh none of them have really jumped out to start the year either so like no you know the the tc the tcu duo none of them have really popped uh nazir aldean's not been much of a factor well he's not playing and uh, yeah exactly (laughs) and uh yeah i don't like holland opted out yeah um exactly so it's just and then Cisco towards ACL. It's actually yeah, as I go down the list, it's kind of Bubba Bolden's really been the one guy who's that, really come out of nowhere. And you know, that's himself. a good point. Yeah, and uh, like Paris Ford probably has done the most for himself uh, aside from Bubba. Outside of yeah, I I think that's a good take. So like I don't I think first round is crazy, but uh, certainly agreed. like third round ish. Um, agreed. It, it also depends who declares, right? Because again, a lot of these like. Or Darius Washington is just a redshirt sophomore. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of things still up in the air. We're months away, so who knows. But I guess it's just kind of shocking to see a guy uh, opt out seven games in um, and declare. But, hey, more power to you. Paris Ford looks to kill people every time he's on the field, and I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, week eight, rookie superlatives. Let's start with the rookie QB rundown. I'm thinking we go by draft order now that we have more than just the two. Um, so so I'll start with Joe Burrow. Um, obviously, the Bengals played the Titans this week. Joey B came out on top with a big win against a playoff team, and uh, he, he had a really nice game. Uh, I, I don't think it was his best game. But it was everything you want from a rookie quarterback through two touchdowns, was really efficient with football, didn't really put it in danger. A lot of extending plays uh, as he did at LSU. Um, The Titans had zero pass rush, and this was the best game his offensive line has played, and I I believe they have four backups starting. So I think that kind of says more about the Titans than the improvement of the Bengals' O-line. And now Vic Beasley's cut, so yeah, I think it does. (laughs) Yeah, Vic Beasley was doing nothing in this game. Clowny Uh, either. Well, yeah, Clowney all season, too, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it was a, a lot of what we've seen from Bro. Really efficient, really strong decision-making. Nothing, like, extremely flashy. Not really attacking downfield. A lot of quick decisions, getting the ball to playmakers in space. The best play, I think, um, came at the end of the game to seal it was... I don't know how Tyler Boyd caught the football. I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw this play. I, I did, yeah. Like, I, I, I watched Burrow's, I think, completions. I don't know what I found. But anyways, yeah, go ahead. You were on, you're on uh, X videos and you found a little bit of Burrow tape. Yeah. <laughs> but the the way, like, Boyd was fully engaged with the DB and his spatial awareness to make that play on the ball and just that Burrow trusted him to make that play also. Yes. Him, him, Boyd and Burrow have a really strong chemistry. And, and as, as did Burrow and Higgins. Higgins and maybe yeah. I'll mention Higgins in a bit. But 
it, it's really shaping up where Joe Burrow, you can tell he doesn't have a big arm. I like, I know there's a lot of jokes on Twitter about that. <laughs> um, and it's tug in cheek a little bit, but, uh, he, he, he does lack arm strength, but it, it's just hasn't really hurt him much because it's not really part of the game. The Bengals, at least in the, the, the Bengals offense has been a little inconsistent under Zach Taylor, but it's kind of feels like it's starting to find its identity. Uh, and, and this, this was it without, uh, Joe Mixon again too. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't look like a rookie, and I think that's, like, the best compliment you can give a guy who's, what, seven games into his NFL career? Yeah, pretty much. And like like you mentioned, the chemistry has been building and building, and now it looks phenomenal. It, it, it's not quite LSU level, but it looks great. Uh, and, like, you saw that one classic Burrow play on, on the first quarter on third down where he's rolling out, about to get hit, and then just flex it downfield on the sideline to, to Higgins, who makes that awesome catch. Yeah, and like I just felt like he was making so many big time plays on third down and fourth down this week, and yeah. like even even in long yardage situations, um, it's I, the poise. I, yeah, exactly, poised as hell, just making big time throws. I think like like this was as impressive as a performance he's had. Like I maybe not the best, but it, it's up there. Like it, it like because like two forty nine and two touchdowns obviously put up way bigger numbers than that, but to get the W. And to make those big time throws and just the chemistry building and building and building. Because I think that was, it, it was his pocket presence, his you know just ability to, to extend plays, and then the chemistry with with those great receivers at uh, at LSU. Um, I think that's what really makes Joe Burrow, and we're seeing it come to fruition in the NFL. It, it just felt like he had total control of the game, mm-hmm. and yep. again against against a Titans team that is going to win their division and be in the playoffs. And just seeing him do that against that type of team um, gives you hope that they're going to be able to win games with Joe Burrow. They just have to continue to build. It's not going to happen probably even next year, but they're they're trending in the right direction. They got their guy at quarterback, uh, and, and the Bengals be, are now a fun team to watch, which is also a huge plus. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk Tua. Speaking of the Rams, made his debut. Yeah, uh, got the big W against a potential playoff team. Uh, but he didn't really do much of anything, Rob. No. 12, 12 for 22, no. 93 yards, a touchdown. Uh, I understand that they kind of just sat on the ball with the big lead, and the defense was just absolutely dominating. But for us and for Dolphins fans who are trying to build for the future, it probably sucked to watch. Um, yeah, I did not find him fun to watch at all. No, and like when he was dropping back, he was getting no help. Like the offensive line was brutal. Um, he got strip sacked by Donald on his first throw of the game. I, I'll say this: I felt like he struggled pre-snap with protections. Mm-hmm, that's now, fair. I don't. May, maybe that's more on the center than him. But it felt like a lot of the time he was just going to the line and snapping it when he wasn't making any pre-snap reads and they were just blitzing the house and it was killing him. I, I think that's like something they, to, they to won watch this, going forward. They won this game despite Tua, I guess, with the special teams and defensive plays. Yeah, but I think it's like, you know, obviously Aaron Donald's a game record, obviously. He's one of the best defensive players in the history of the game. So, like, I think that's a combo. But the, the offensive line probably had their worst game too so maybe yes. that that goes on too uh um receivers were bad too man like a bunch of drops uh preston williams back-to-back drops on one possession and gasson had one on a third down and then not the worst of the drops but the worst for two the gasecki deep one um yeah that was, that was to his best throw yeah. easily easily um and then the touchdown was pretty cool he ripped it just ripped it to parker when the db was literally tackling da- him 
Devontae Parker made one hell of a play on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was way more on Devontae than, than to it. But the ball was there, and, like, I thought he looked the best when they put him on the bootleg and just let him roll out and kind of rip some balls yeah. there. It was like, I don't it know. Just felt, he felt like such a non-factor in this game. It, it was not enjoyable the way I was hoping it would be. No. And I, and mean, I know it was the circumstances of the game, and it, exactly. he wasn't getting much help. But, and, like, by no means am I saying Tua isn't the answer because – I, obviously, I think he is. I had him top ten on my board, and uh, it, I, I guess part part of it that works against Tua here is that Burrow and Herbert have been so instantly like yeah. fire and so fun to watch. Yeah, they they got Arizona this week, so uh, <laughs> there's no Aaron Donald on that defense. So hopefully, the there's an Isaiah Simmons. There is what a matchup. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, like you know, I don't think Goff is playing this way. Kyler's gonna fucking put numbers up on that. Dolphins D. Hopefully they get into a situation where Tua's got to flash his stuff. I, I give him like a yeah. C plus performance. I'll, I'll also say this: uh, Chan Gailey's not doing him any favors. I don't think he's your answer at offensive coordinator. Which is like Brian Flores has done a really good job assembling a staff and and coaching the hell out of that defense. The special teams look really good too. Yeah. Like Jason Sanders has been one of the best kickers in the league. Um, it, I, for whatever reason, he rolls with Chan Gailey this year as his OC, and I hate it. Me too. I thought Chad O'Shea did a pretty solid job in his first year last year. Yeah, it was, it was, I hope uh, Chan Gailey's not there next year, and they get uh, an OC in there who who meshes well with Tua and isn't weird and old and weird. <laughs> that move wasn't talked about enough over the <clears throat> over the summer. It was really strange. I like Chad O'Shea, and he brought him with him from New England. Yeah, it was strange to. Boot him after one year. Anyways, uh, anyways, Chad O'Shea's clearly solved the passing game issues in Cleveland. So. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, I'll I'll jump over to Justin Herbert now, and then I'll let you talk Ben DiNucci. I don't really want. want to, but okay. No, I'll let you do it because I don't want to. Um, Herbert. It was a classic Chargers cursed game. <laughs> yeah. They dominated this game. I thought they were going to win by 60. They fell up, fell apart, lost 31-30 to the Broncos on a hey, KJ Hamler, that's a rookie, game-winning touchdown grab from Drew Locke. Um Herbert was once again one of the most fun quarterbacks to watch this week. Uh threw for 278, three scores. Just ripping it downfield. Never, he, he's just so ultra-aggressive, and he's never yeah. afraid to take that shot. And, um, yeah, they lost, and, and that sucks. But uh, and he threw two picks. One of them was, like, Bryce Callahan made an incredible play. play on one of them. Yeah. yeah. And, like, he, he led so many scoring drives. Like, he did enough for the Chargers to win this game, um, I think. And... Uh, <sighs> Oh, like again, I think that like I I would give this like an A minus performance from him uh, for a rookie quarterback. It, it was a lot of like he's really starting to build a a, a nice chemistry with Mike Williams yeah. on downfield throws. Um, he, he was hitting Keenan Allen a ton out of the slot. Justin Jackson helped reinvigorate and, and Tremaine Pope showed it to the Seahawks <laughs> fans who I know love Tremaine Pope. We do. Um, they they uh they really leaned on both those guys and it wasn't just pounding Josh Kelly every play and Josh Kelly looked better than normal too, um so so the run game opened up a bit which helped. If they didn't collapse, I think it it would have, like if they had just won this game thirty to twenty four or whatever, 
like people people would be much more happy with the Justin Herbert performance. But I think just because hangover it is that loss, and I, I do think at this point the way they are losing games and how they've done it that what they've blown four straight seventeen point leads or something. Anthony Lynn's job should should probably be on the line going forward. Uh, fair enough. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with pretty much everything you said though. It's like if you look at Herbert's performance in a vacuum, he's like he's really feeling it right now, man. It's awesome. Like you said about the aggressiveness. Uh, I love just like the little things he does, like climbing the pocket, maneuvering the pocket, and like yes, on that first touchdown to, to Keenan Alley, he kind of you know moved a, co- a couple steps over to the right just to open up the throwing yes. angle for him. Like um, it looked, it looked like not like something you jump out of your seat about, but you see that you know, like it, it was a really nice play by a rookie quarterback. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think that same drive he ripped one of like the, it, it was a, a third and fifteen I want to say on a crosser to Mike Williams, and he fucking just ripped a missile into a tight window. It's just the velocity, and, mm-hmm. and sometimes you for, you forget because Oregon just sucks. Uh, how strong his arm is. Yeah. He's an unbelievable athlete, too. Like, Justin Herbert has everything you want physically in a, in a franchise quarterback. Very much so. And then the, the, the nicest throw he made probably of the day it was the Mike Williams touchdown, which is an absolute yeah. uh, dropping it out of the sky. That was beautiful. And like you said, like, two picks, but uh, the Callahan play, he was just giving Mike Williams a chance, and Callahan made the better play. Um, I think it just, like, it was a baller rookie quarterback performance, and I think your A-minus is fair, even though uh, it's a loss. Like, it wasn't his fault. If the NFL season ended today, I'm giving Justin Herbert Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, no, that's that's very fair. That's very Like, fair. It, it, it's going to be one of the closest races ever between him and Burrow, for sure, but uh, I, I lean Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. And DJ Dallas now. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out <laughs> Miami running backs in Seattle. Who I don't even mention in this episode other than just now. That's so sad. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay, you, you, give us give us what you got on Ben DiNucci I, 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 I don't Cowboys debut. I don't really want to. He was uh, entertaining. How about that? Um, I yeah, appreciate... he was. He plays like a drunk like frat boy or something. Yeah, the, the, the drop in the arm angle. The, like, like shooting from the hip. That was wild. I don't know. Uh, I thought it was kind of fun how goofy they got with the play calling too, and I mean they were in the, they were in the game they were in the game. Uh, he played so bad he got benched after one game as a like for for guys who've barely been on the team. Yeah, well, hold on, Cooper Rush has been there, baby. He's just back. yeah, but he was on the giant he was on the Giants practice Last squad. Week. <laughs> yeah, and then like Garrett, Garrett, I love Garrett Gilbert, and people forget he was like one of the greatest high school quarterbacks of all time, like. Was supposed to bring Texas back and couldn't, um, so I'm all da- for that. But Dallas loves damn. those like Texas legends with Andy Dalton and Garrett Gilbert. Eh? But anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, and it sucks that like he's not even in the, in the competition to start this week. <laughs> it's, it's like fuck. But anyways, uh, this is probably his only career start. Oh, well, and, he uh, he played for Mike McCarthy's brother's basketball team. Or yeah, something. it's so fucking weird. Anyways, I'm, that's probably why they drafted him. I. I I didn't think he should have been drafted. I know we we heard the rumblings, but hey. you're wrong. I think he should have been. He started a game. That's not. There's a lot of quarterbacks who've been drafted out there who've never started that's, an NFL game. It's a good point. You're you're 100 right. Anyways, plus he, he he he's got that pit blood because he uh, originally went to pit. I know he does. I'm, that's it's why kind I of love Nathan Peterman. Yes, yes, yes. So I was expecting he didn't throw a pick. Good for him. Good work, Ben. Hey. Completed 50% of his passes and didn't throw an interception. Good work, Ben. He's like drunk Nathan Peterman. 
Well, yeah, he didn't f- turn the ball over. No, that's pretty good. He's I don't Nathan Peterman with a eyesight. Like I, I think it's the right call for Dallas and Mike McCarthy to uh, to see what Garrett Gilbert and my favorite player of all time, Cooper Rush, can do. But, um, but it really wasn't that. Like, how much more could you have expected from Danucci? Like, really? Oh no, I I had a blast watching him. Like, I'm fully. I would be okay. Watch like the Cowboys fucking suck. Yeah. I hate Mike McCarthy. I don't want to watch him. But when Ben Danucci's in there, I want to watch him doing weird shit with his arm. He seems drunk. I'm betting he's, he's he probably drinks Fireball. Like he seems like that kind of dude. <laughs> like, what do you think Ben Danucci drinks when he goes to the bar? I think he gets three shots of Fireball, and then a Guinness um, with a te- with like pu- half Guinness, half tequila. Like, he's just a oh, psychopath. God. Is that a real drink? That sounds so gross. Yeah, uh, yeah it's called it's it, 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 it's called a Spanish car bomb. Okay, well, you're lucky that's, that's not real. I made that up. I, I know. Yeah, I'm Irish. I can talk about the Irish car bomb. I, I drink well, it all the time. Well, maybe they're well, We're off the rails. Anyways. This is, see, Ben, De, ben Danucci takes us off the rails. Last thing, last thing. Uh, will he throw another pass this season and call it now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I love it. The amount that they were going wildcat was so funny. It was good, and like the wide receiver throws, and it was poor CD Lamb. Okay, I'm glad you like. I've been wanting to bring up CD Lamb. Uh, clearly, none of this is on him, but I wonder like what's it gonna be like in the off season? Are, are people gonna be like, "Oh, CD Lamb had a bad rookie year"? Do you think there's no, gonna be that type no, of chat? No, he 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 no what. Okay. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying our people going to say that. Obviously, no, no, no. they shouldn't. Well, maybe. I don't know. But, hey, remember, he he uh, he tied Terry Glenn for the most consecutive starts to a career with, what, five catches for, like, 70-plus yeah. yards. He was awesome. No, he, he, was on, he was on pace to be top, well, I don't know, top five offensive rookie of the year, probably. Yeah. Behind no. the quarterbacks, Justin Jefferson and CEH, maybe. I, I'm just afraid we're going to get a lot of stupid, cause, especially on Dallas, right? We all... Everyone on ESPN wants to talk Dallas Cowboys football, and they all have stupid fucking takes. So I'm afraid that with so angry, <laughs> I'm afraid that with Jeez, how why are you talking ESPN? I don't know. I feel like they deserve it. Uh, okay, <laughs> moving on. Who's your offensive rookie of the week? Oh my god, I wanted to do another ten minutes on that. Um, I'm going with Zach Moss. On, on rambling about ESPN. <laughs> yeah, I did. I'm going with Zach Moss, Rob. Uh, this feels his... like this feels like Pac-12 bias because it's back. Yeah, and then you go with Zach Moss. That's exactly. I'm, the, they pay me to bring this up. Utah plays. I don't know who on Saturday, but tune in. Uh, Bad he, had 80, fan. he had 81 yards, 14 carries, two touchdowns. The Bills just ran down the Patriots' throats. It was kind of fun. It was it was way too easy though. Uh, but he he. I mean, Singletary looked good too. But he looked nice hitting the holes, uh, breaking those nice chunk runs. It wasn't a lot of like the the three yards. It was big time yards per carry, obviously. And uh, got credit with forcing four missed tackles. I think that's all really impressive. And it feels like, the, well, first of all, the rushing attack has been pretty much zilch for the for the Bills all year. Uh, but if they can get both of them going, Moss and Singletary, like they planned, uh, and like we hoped because we're both huge fans of both players, uh, that's going to be really fun. And, I mean, we expected that. But this looks like uh, really promising for the Bills. Hopefully they keep it going forward, but the Patriots are messed. Anyways, say what you want to say. <laughs> that felt – yeah, it was like the first time they it felt like they got them both in the double-digit carries, yeah. and it was working with both of them. And Singletary's got a little more wiggle, whereas Zach yeah. Moss is a little bit more of a, a – Slasher, thumper. Yes, yeah, with great contact balance. Yeah. Um. They're a really fun combo, and I know we're both biased because we love them both coming out. 
Um, but but it's nice to see them kind of consistently get them both involved because I think they've got, they can like I don't think either of them's ever gonna be like a Pro Bowl running back necessarily, but both can like they're almost like the perfect young tandem to pair mm. in a backfield. Yeah, no, very much so. And uh, it, yeah, I guess it, it, it's nice that hopefully they can ride this momentum and keep that going and take some pressure off Josh. Yeah, Allen. I, I don't know if this is more just the Patriots are falling apart and they're gunning for Justin Fields, or but. Yeah, I, I I mean they got Seattle this week who hasn't been that great against the run, but we'll see. Yeah, I need I need Zach Moss to be sick for my fantasy team. Hey, um, okay, my off. Go what? Ahead. No, I was gonna make a stupid oh, comment. Gonna... Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, something. Oh bad. fuck, that would have been sick. Uh, my offensive rookie of the week is uh, Joe Burrow. It was I didn't have anybody who like was blatantly fantastic <clears throat> outside of Joe Burrow, so I I try not to repeat one of the quarterbacks but him going up against the titans and just being so confident and poised and coming out of there with a win uh outplaying ryan Tannehill, who's been one of the better quarterbacks in the league this year um i i maybe joe burrow ends up being the best quarterback in the afc north a little quicker than some anticipated Mm, especially with baker being stinky boy yeah well, yeah, Baker's the worst quarterback in the AFC North, and I don't think it's close. <laughs> That's correct, but I'm just saying, entering the year, you know, people were expecting a Baker bounce back. And Lamar's obviously uh, not had a great year at all, to say the least. So, no. uh, um, Defensive Rookie of the Week. I chose hey, – hey, I switched this one up. I had him at primetime star, but I moved him here. Uh, yeah, Jeremy Chin, baby. Oh, yeah. that is so funny because what you said could have applied to two different – DBs from the NFC or the yeah the NFC South. You're right. And I thought you were gonna have the other one, I know. but I also have Jeremy Chin. Oh, I thought you were gonna have Winfield. Wow, what a twist! Uh, <laughs> I thought you what, were. Okay, we'll talk about Winfield for primetime start. Oh yeah, I assume he's also your primetime star. He's not, but I'll tell you why in a second. Oh, uh, ooh, hints of fun. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, but Jer- Jer- Jeremy Chin's already, I think, the best player on the Panthers' defense, right? Like, is that a is that a hot take? Oh, sorry. Outside of Brian Burns, oh my god. Outside of Brian Burns, I think he's already the best player. In the, the, I, like it, Brian Burns is the best, and then it's him. <laughs> so he's the second best. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. No, he's, he's the best after Brian Burns. Okay, sorry, but uh, he hey, he was taking Brian Burns' job in this one, man. He four QB pressures this game. Uh, I think that's the most from yeah. a DB this year. That, that felt like the mo- that felt like the most they had blitzed him. It's fine. Like, they've done it periodically, but they got really got after it and, like, yeah. felt like a major part of their game plan. Because Phil Snow's not a big blitzing guy, and he, he did it here, and it worked. And, I mean, Chin's not even really a safety at this point. He's an outside linebacker mm-hmm. who, who is going to be called a safety because he wears 21. But they, they play him predominantly as, like, a, a will with Shaq Thompson, and... He was, yeah, the pressures on the blitzes. He broke up a pass. He's He cleans up, it feels like, every tackle. Yeah, yes, exactly. He's he's always around the football. I love watching him, and he, he's obviously a freak athlete, and that, that was the story coming out. And he's 6'3", 220, and flies around the football field. Oh, God, I love Jeremy Chin. I'm I so too. happy he's being used this much because we're not, obviously we're not seeing it nearly as much with Kyle Duggar in New England. And those are the two guys who are freak athletes from small schools to play safety, mm-hmm. and they're both really fun to evaluate. But seeing Chin, like it's paying off quick. I, I think Chin would probably be in my top three favorite rookies on defense this year, for sure. 
And I, I'm gonna assume Antoine Winfield Jr. is also in there. Yeah, he he would be. So well, it's uh, it's those two for defense. Like, am I forgetting anyone? It's between those two for defensive rookie of the year at this point, right? Like Chase Young is always Chase, gonna be in the mix because he he would be, I would say be third, but those two have been because Chase Young missed time with injury and his team is unwatchable. Uh, those two feel like they're competing. Like I bet you, Patrick Queen will be there because he's had the flashy games and he plays for a big time team. That's true. Co- COVID list. I bet he should be back Sunday. I think. But yeah, those guys. Um. Hey, and we. I hope we not even mentioned yet the twenty-eight yard rush on the fake punt too for Jeremy. Oh Shane, yeah, awesome. I love that. The, that's the second time they tried it. Did not work the first time this year. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's the up back on specials, and I always love up back because I was he, an up back. He looked good with the ball in his hands too. Never mind. Well, yeah, well, he's a freak of nature. It's awesome. I I love him very much. I mean, I hope Duggar. I mean, I, they're always going to be paired a, a bit. I mean, not to the national media, but to draft people. And I, I yeah. hope I hope we get a like to see Duggar really show up down the stretch. The but I don't know. I don't trust New England right now, which is so crazy to say. Yeah, that's going to come back to bite you. Today, I was researching their coaching staff as one does at work when they're bored. And did you know? That even outside of both of Belichick's sons, they have a a defensive coach who played university level lacrosse oh and didn't God. play football. So they just have three collegiate lacrosse players on their defensive staff, uh, and two of them are sons. I don't get it. I like. I, I don't understand the obsession, but it's it's worked. Obviously, it's it, Steve weird. is literally followed the path to being Bill's favorite human because he played lacrosse. He went to Rutgers, and he played for Greg Schiano as the long snapper as a senior. Do, do you think we're going to see the Belichick boys as head coaches just because they're the Belichicks? Nah, the other one I came to think of his name is like probably like Bill doesn't respect him. Steve had to lobby to get him on the staff. Probably. You're Steve's right. a, st- st- Steve kills me. I really hope Gerard Mayo is their future head coach because I love Gerard Mayo. Anyway, cool. off the rails. Selection night. Anything could happen. Who's the worst rookie? Okay. I do not like putting him here, Rob. Danucci. No, no. The same team. Uh, Terrence Steele, because he is the correct answer, you, I believe. You hate Terrence Steele more than anybody. But I loved him, remember? That's the thing. Uh, but I think it's the correct answer. He gave up three sacks and, like, seven hurries. And he was the one that yeah, booted the fumble backwards for the Eagles to recover. I think it's the correct <laughs> answer. He is, but I put Ben Benucci anyway. But that, hey, that one hurts. That one hurts me. Steele's been so fucking bad. He's the worst rookie in the league. I know, and but he started every he's, game. He's the worst offensive tackle in the league. I feel bad. Like, I, see, I thought he was like a like where he went drafted, and it was about where I had him. And I thought he'd be like an interesting developmental guy. And, As a uh, swing tackle, not a permanent starting right tackle. Exactly. And he got thrown into the mix immediately. Poor guy. How much does that suck? And especially because, like, you know, when he first started right tackle, the rest of the line was pretty much intact. And now it's just yeah. a fucking clusterfuck around him. Like, it, it's, it sucks. Yeah. The NFC East. It's got the hilariousest offensive lines. Um, okay. Primetime star, I alluded to mine earlier, so I'll go ahead with Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, Monday night football. I almost called it Thursday night. Monday night football. He uh, he obviously had the game-ending yep. 
kind of PI pass breakup, whatever you want to call it. Wasn't a, wasn't I'm, pass interference. I'm glad they didn't call it pass interference because it was totally on Daniel Jones. Well, yeah. First like of all, that, that, that should have been a touchdown. It. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, it was so late. Like, it was a it was designed to be an instant throw, and he like looked off a tried to like look off the safety. I don't know. And the fact that Antoine Winfield Jr. came from the other side of the field, re- recognizing yeah. from the other side of the field to, to get, got there so quick that he might have got there early to break it up. Yeah. That was, uh, was fucking impressive. Plus, I mean, early in the game, he had that from the single high spot when he he uh, came down for the huge run stop, where yep. he just obliterated who, who was that? Like Darius Slayton, maybe I don't know. Uh, Whoever it was, I think it, I think one of them. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, yeah. good. This shows <laughs> off. Hey, I didn't I didn't write about him. Uh, yeah, no, Winfield was terrific. That that play was so great, and like you said, like. He was like in the middle of the field when he, when that ball when Jones started winding up pretty much. Nobody's was, getting more production out of the rookies than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they've yeah. got two who are playing at a Pro Bowl level on each side of the ball, and they're the first two picks. And I mean, like, yeah, I, I don't even have Tristan Wirfs anywhere, but again, he was great. I was about to say the same thing. Like, he could have been Offensive Rookie of the Week, but it just feels like we've talked about him so much that, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, so, no, he's awesome. Who who, ha- who do you have? Okay. The the term star it doesn't necessarily mean good. It means Ben Danucci. Ce- no, Ben Danucci. It, it means celebrity. Star on his helmet. It's true. This guy does too. Entertaining. No rookie was more entertaining in prime time. Ben Danucci. Than Trevon Diggs. Tell me I'm wrong. He you. was a fucking roller coaster ride, and we had to talk about him. That's why I had to put him here. So what was it? He just uh, had two passes thrown to him. That was it. I didn't enjoy that. No. He, now people think he's good. Okay. It's horrible. <laughs> he was bad, but then he made the two play. Anyway, okay. What was it? The, like 32-yarder to Fulgham. He got toasted on early, and then he gave up the touchdown right away. Right? <laughs> and then the first, he had his first career pick with that sweet diving, knee-sliding interception in the end zone right before yeah, the Yeah, because rec- he's a wide receiver trying to learn uh, corners. I, I know. And then the other one, he looked like a center fielder. Never mind a wide receiver. Flashing the ball skills. Uh, that was Those were two awesome plays. And then uh, I think he got like two other forced incompletions. But on, on the total, it's like he gave up almost 100 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> like he's just he's, – he's been such a roller coaster ride all season long. It, it's like – and like I think he's been more physical than we thought he would, but then he's not been a roller coaster. He's just been bad until he had two interceptions, but he was still really bad. He's been yeah, he was bad, but then he's he's still had like a couple like the the, the play on DK that was a great play, even though he got toasted on it. He's a roller coaster. Okay, I'm I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> we had to talk underwhelming about him. underwhelming performance. Speaking of uh, talking about him, I mentioned him last week. I tried to call my shot. With a big breakout game, and it wasn't there. It was actually the opposite with Javon Kinlaw, um, who was pretty much invisible the whole game against the Seahawks. Uh, like I think he got credit with one tackle. He wasn't. I think he might might have hurried Russ once, but it was nothing. He, he just. I think he had he had a big flop though, trying to call a penalty, which I respect. But it just not showing up at all. And now the injury list is just piling up for the Niners. It's like. I don't know. I don't know what to think. If you're if you're John Lynch and uh, Kyle Shanahan right now, it's like, are you? Is the season over? Even though you're four and four because of the division. Tank for Fields. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I think you know Jimmy Garoppolo is not the answer. I, I know the ankle injury, but he's not the answer, man. Like Nick Nick Mullins looks so much better than Jimmy Garoppolo. 
He had more yards in the in the fourth quarter than the whole Niners offense did in the first three quarters. So uh, I don't know what to expect with Kinlaw because he's bang good, but this was probably his worst game, and you, you need him to start producing. It's kind of it's a weird year for the Niners all of a sudden. Trey Lance would be perfect in a Shanahan offense. That, That's all I'll say. Pretty. I mean, as a Seahawks fan, I don't want that to happen. I hope it's Jimmy Garoppolo again, but yeah. Okay, I got two offensive linemen who underwhelmed me this week, but generally they underwhelm me because normally they play pretty great football. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting with Jed- Jedrick Wills um, against the Raiders. I know, I think PFF, I don't know who does things for PFF, but do not trust things PFF says. I saw this week that he was their like highest graded pass blocker. And then oh. I clicked on it. Every response was like, did you guys even fucking watch the game? What are you talking about? And all this it's, stuff. It's the same thing that when they had gave Cody Pay like 10 hurries this week against against Michigan State. Their own Steve Palazzolo or whatever his name is, the PFF guy who tweeted at them like, is this right? Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> that was, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, Will Will's, his pass protection was like, meh. He, uh, Max Crosby beat him a couple times. Um, but it was more, he got called on two penalties, um, including one on a drive that was their, I think it was their opening drive, and it was their best-looking drive until Harrison Bryant, another rookie, fumbled. Mm. But Wills had, had a bad penalty. He had a false start. Um, he had a hold. He struggled to sustain blocks in the run game, and it was a game where they needed to run the ball well to win because the wind was fucked. Yeah. Uh, the weather was crazy. The Raiders ended up run, uh, running the ball better than them, kind of playing tougher football, more hard-nosed football. And they they were missing um, your boy, uh, what's his name, at left guard. Oh, and, uh, Teller? Yeah, Wyatt Teller, and then they're missing Jack Conklin. They really need Jedrick Wills to kind of, like, set the mm-hmm. tone for them. And, I, like, it wasn't a bad game. It just wasn't what they needed from him. Um, and, and they didn't run the ball that well. Uh, and then the other one is Jonah Jackson of the Lions. The Lions offensive line got decimated by the Colts, man. The Colt, like DeForest Buckner, which I mean that's going to happen. DeForest Buckner is going to eat your lunch and then take your lunch money as well. And he did that to Jonah Jackson uh, a handful of times. They, the Lions could not run the ball. They're in for 29 yards. They gave up five sacks. Stafford was, by the end of it, like Stafford – Poor guy. Like, the pick six of Kenny Moore was horrible. Yeah, Darius yeah, Leonard okay. ate him up on blitzes. They, the Lions struggled to pick up blitzes. But, yeah, like, I, I think both these guys have been two of the best rookies this year. And it was just – it's going to happen. Rookies are going to get their lunch eaten by uh, every once in a while. So You know, uh, uh, okay. while we're here, I, I didn't write them down. But it was kind of a similar performance uh, with last week with uh, Mekhi Becton, who's – I think that Jets stink is coming up on him. Like it's not, it wasn't a bad game, but like you said, um, they've he's been really good and kind of down last week. And another maybe another mini step down for him is, I think just the Jets stink is wearing on him, man. It kind of, it sucks. It's, he wasn't the same mauler. He looked a little stumbly and bumbly. It, it wasn't a great game. Uh, okay, who looks like a hit for you? I'll give you two. One of them is an offensive lineman, so I'll start there. How about Ezra Cleveland, baby, starting at right guard, who? who uh, started two weeks ago in his first one and uh, was kind of rough. But this one, he looked good. He, he didn't have to blo- uh, pass block much at all. But in the run game, obviously, Dalvin Cook had a monster, monster game. And he was mauling, baby. Uh, Cook's first touchdown, he took the three-tack, washed him down the line, and put him in the dirt. It was awesome. And, and Cook went right behind that, obviously. Second touchdown for, for Cook, 
pulled, got out on Oren Burks. Cooks went off his hip. I think on the on the third touchdown it was just a goal line one, but he went off his hip again. Uh, it was kind of an awesome performance. Working to the second level, looking looking as athletic as we saw at Boise State. Great game for him, and, and like in pass it was solid. Like it, it, like you said, like I said, wasn't too much. They barely threw the ball, but he definitely looked competent. And I appreciate that he was always looking for work, because uh, there was one play where you know just sometimes you don't end up blocking anyone. He's going, he helped the center, and then he pushed over and gave a chip on the on the what for the tackle too. Um, and I, I just think it was a really really promising performance in his second career start. I think that's a that's a big time game. So if they can keep that going, just feeding Delvin Cook. I know the season's over, but it's going to be interesting and fun to watch. Um, do you think he'll eventually make that? <clears throat> like, do you think next year he'll, he'll be starting at tackle for them? Uh, you know what? Okay, well, first of all, we know the Vikings are weird with their offensive line and all over the place. If he's so good at guard, do you move him to tackle? That's. I think it's just dependent on what they feel about Riley Reef, I guess. Y- yeah, and I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does, and I feel like they've wanted to replace them, but just haven't. Uh, it's gonna be, it's interesting, but yeah, really, really promising. Um, okay, who looks like a hit for me is J.K. Dobbins. Mm-hmm. He finally kind of got his chance with Mark Ingram sitting out. They were they were going Gus Edwards heavy early, uh, but he got a little nicked up, and, and they went more to J.K. Dobbins, and he looked good. And they kind of stuck with that a bit, and against. I think the best run defense in the NFL with the Steelers. He he went for one thirteen, uh, and, and like seven and a half a pop, and it was not easy yards either. Uh, a lot of it, like he was um, working through first contact and looking explosive in the open field. Like I, I, he is a joy to watch, and they have not given him like any carries up until this point. Um, yeah. I hope we see more of it. The thing is, they don't need to like they, like Gus Edwards was really effective too. And then when yeah. Mark Ingram's back, like he's effective because it's all just part of the Lamar show in that that offense. But like he got 15 carries in this game. Prior to like that, his most carries was nine. Um, he, I don't know how much he's going to be used going forward, but it's clear he can be super impactful in this offense. And he's a great fit just with the combination mm-hmm. of contact balance and short area quickness. Um, he he's just really fun to watch. They should just like rotate them every single play. Just just move them in and out. Like, well, why not? He, he's he's uh, phenomenal. The one thing I will say is this might justify Mark Ingram not being back in Baltimore next year. Yeah, I, I think that's the way it's it's going right now. Uh, my second guy, one of our favorites again, went in the first round. Brandon Ayuk, who kind of had his first big game, eight catches, ninety one yards, a touchdown. He was the best player on the on the Niners offense for sure. It felt like the offense was kind of just going through him. They couldn't really run the ball. And he was kind of doing it in all sorts of ways. Not not getting him handoffs, which I was kind of surprised by. But he was getting deep. He, he had a nice deep grab, uh, got behind the Seahawks defense, which is very easy to do. But still, um, <laughs> doing the classic yak that we see from him, uh, I, I thought it was a really impressive performance. And with uh, with Debo Samuel out, uh, he's, they're going to have to keep going to him. And, I mean – I don't know what this Niners offense is going to look like next week. As I already mentioned, they got so many injuries piling up, and season might be lost. But uh, keep keep getting him involved like they did in this game. It's going to be huge for him. Yeah, who looks like a miss? I got two weird deeper cuts, both from New York, baby. Uh, first, I'll go with Shane Lemieux, Lemieux, who you remember I was really high on, and this this I was wrong. 
Uh, he wasn't good. I think I had like a fourth on him. Uh, it was his first game action, but still, it was it was bad. But that Giants offensive line is cursed. Um, so I go there. And sticking in, in New York uh, with maybe a, a bigger name, uh, Michael Pirine. I think, again, I think I had a fourth on him. But, like, and the Jets are a mess. But he just doesn't do anything for me, man. I I think, like, Frank Gore looks consistently better than him. And he's, what, 37 years old? He had like 27 yards on eight carries. He averaged, like, 3.7 per carry on the year. Um, again, these are lower key ones. But I think he's, like, a, I don't even think he's a RB2 right now, to be honest. It just uh, just doesn't doesn't do much. Like there's not much after like contact, not making guys miss. He kind of just you know finds the hole and then gets a couple yards. But again, the Jets are a fucking disaster. So maybe it's not on him. Uh, okay, I'll go with Alberto. Man <laughs> caught himself a touchdown. He looked fantastic doing it. This is more not just this game. Like the week before and the yeah. week before, like Drew Lock trusts him. Um. Do I think he's great? No, but he, he looks like he's going to be a competent tight end too. His size gives gives issues to smaller DBs. He's got, like, he, he well, at least he looked like he had pretty good ball skills out there. And he's a guy who I thought was, like, a seventh-round undrafted type. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he ends up going in the fourth round. I thought it was, like, a bad pick at the uh, time. But I look I look stupid because he, he looks like a very nice – Tight end two compliment to Noah Fant down the road. I mean, I agree. I like. I thought it was too high too. I was higher on Alberto than you were though. But uh, the fourth round was too rich, and I think it was. It's all the Drew Lock just chemistry there, right? And that's why it's working. So it was a smart play. Yeah, I think you got to give old Johnny some credit, especially this week. And you know who else you have to give credit to? Manscaped, because thanks to Manscaped and their newly released weed whacker, my nose and ear hairs are gone. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those nose holes and ear holes of yours. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent snicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience, and it's waterproof, which makes it for an easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts up to 90 minutes of use. Have you ever pulled your nose hair out with your fingers? No, because guess what? You're dead! That might hurt worse than nicking your balls. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Yes, you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. The other 21% said they fucking love it. So, <laughs> you do the math. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed. And our hairs and our holes looking nice. And thank you, Bet Online, for giving us a place to bet online. Football is halfway done, which is mind-boggling. Don't even say that. College football is, for some teams, <laughs> heading <laughs> into their gun. eighth game. <laughs> eighth game, and then for others, they're about to start their season. Shout out to the Mac. With uh, Maction back, you can now get in on betting on Tuesdays and Wednesdays when... 
you're really just, I don't know, looking for a rush. And BetOnline provides you that, that safe place to catch a rush uh, without drug use. So head to BetOnline today and use promo code armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Uh, more importantly, AJ, who needs to step up? Uh, this is more – I mean, I think I've done this so many times. <laughs> the Eagles need Jalen Rager to step up. And he, he had a nice little game where three catches, 16 yards, and a touchdown, and they gave him the end around. Uh, but – this Eagles season somehow matters because the NFC East is terrible. So they're probably going to be in the playoffs and they're going to have to win football games. <laughs> but with nothing else there and, uh, like, uh, I don't know, Greg Ward is turned back into uh, into the Houston quarterback a bit. Um, just, like, nothing's really cooking there. We, we saw a bit from Rager, but they, they need it even more so if they want to keep winning. Yeah, he had, the, he had the drop on the, he had the, drop yeah. on the screen. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. Again, the, the the entire situation in Philly sucks, but you you need him to kind of spark that offense. That's why mm-hmm. they took him what twenty first overall. The, the yeah, that speed and that yak ability are supposed to help ignite this thing. Exactly. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting how they're using him. It's I think early. Like again, he's just coming back from injury, so it's it's a little mean to be harsh on him. But uh, like I, I think in the first game it was a lot of just verts. Second game they're crossers. And this one is just kind of – I didn't look at the old route map yet, but um, we saw that one – I think there's a couple screens and then the end around. Um, so just, like, figuring out what he, he he's going to be exactly in this offense is going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, do you have anybody else? I Because I got three. No, hit me, hit me with your three guys. Well, I got two running backs from the same game. How about Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift combining for 23 rushing yards? <laughs> And, 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 I mean, 22 of those did come from Jonathan Taylor, uh, who averaged two a carry. And the funny thing is the Colts' two best players on offense mm. were the other two running backs, Jordan Wilkins yep. and Naeem Hines. Who, yep. Like, Wilkins carried the run game. Hines carried the passing game. Uh, Taylor just didn't look very explosive, especially when seeing both of those guys. Wilkins looked weirdly good. And, yeah. and Hines, we know how, how freaky an athlete he is. He's doing, like, weird ninja flips every time he scores a touchdown. But uh, Taylor just isn't breaking first contact, and he's not having any chunk runs. And we've been kind of saying that all year, and he wasn't supposed to start. But when they took him, everyone was like, oh, he's going to win offensive rookie of the year behind yeah. this offensive line. And it's just not happening. And it's he looks he's very underwhelming every week. And this offense kind of sucks with Phillip Rivers, so they really need him to provide some spark, and he's not doing it. And meanwhile, Wilkins and Hines provided it in this game. Uh, other side of that, Swift, this the Swift train. Swift has been so inconsistent this year, and his usage. Like, I swear, these trains just like they don't follow the same honking rules. Like yeah. some honk super loud, some honk super long. This one one's guy, the loudest one of hers. Yeah, one guy, one guy's a baller, and he like honks kind of once, and he's like probably doesn't even care if he hits someone. Um, I why assume they, that's why they honk. Why do they tell you that? You, why do they have to tell you that they're coming? I assume the recording yeah, to you. It, it should be, it should be on people crossing the track to know if a train's coming. This <laughs> okay. feels like no, that's not that's not what I was talking. I meant I was trying okay. to anyway. Swift, anyway. Swift, Swift. Um, he he's been better in the passing game this year. I was talking about one game where he had the uh, a handful of chunk rounds like what three weeks ago, 
his usage has not been consistent. He wasn't breaking much in this game. They couldn't run the ball in general. Um, the Colts defense is really good up front. Darius Leonard's an animal. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not super concerned with Swift because we've at least seen it from him to this point. Taylor, I, I am actually starting yeah. to become concerned about it if I'm a Colts fan at least. Yeah, he's Trent Richardson 2.0. You said it, right? I'm pretty sure you did say that. Uh, I did. Uh, um, and my other one is AJ Terrell, who he there. You see it, you can see it sometimes with him, yeah. where you're like, this guy looks like he's got it, but it, it's it's almost like he's not pitching a complete game or something. Like okay. you'll see it, like he's inconsistent, and, and they need to play him because they don't have any other choice really. And he's he's honestly he's probably the best corner. And he's I was, been yeah, I was about to say the same thing. He is. Yeah. Um, he uh. The, there'll be one play where he looks great covering a guy like Robbie Anderson, and then the next he just gets his lunch eaten, or he's not locating the ball. I, th- I think like it's just kind of part of the rookie wave mm-hmm. of riding a, a young corner. Um, and uh, I, I mean, this is just going to be what it is. I, I that's, think, like, that's he, what I'll say about that. <laughs> I'll add one more thing. I think he's been like pretty decent like pretty good but like he was the 16th overall pick so he's got to be better if he was the 46th overall pick like he should have been I-, I think this is like you're pretty happy with the second round corner you got right um yeah no i i i think so yeah it, it, you're right it's he's kind of an interesting one to talk about because uh a weird year for him but yeah he's definitely stepped it up since uh coming off the covid list yeah, no, I like I I think you overall you're seeing like it's super inconsistent, but it's a positive takeaway in the end. Just considering everything that's going on there, like the Falcons' defense isn't terrible. There's pieces there. They don't have any pass rush, but like ter- like I think AJ Terrell is gonna end up being a starting quality corner from what I've seen through. I don't know. He's only played about what four or yeah, five yeah. games this year, but he he's like he's outplaying a lot of other corners who are rookies. So. Somewhere on the Guelph campus, Thomas Dimitrov is smiling. He he's eating his vegan meal, riding his bike. <laughs> um, uh, okay, who's not ready to play? This one uh, hurts, Rob. I'm putting Ashton Davis, who one of our one of our faves in the summer. Um, in the summer, wow, going to the draft. Uh, just kind of like a, I mean, again, it's the Jets. Everything's a mess, but uh, you look at the Hardman screen touchdown in the first quarter. You just like let him run by him without making a tackle attempt at, at, at all. And then when uh, Harmon got into the end zone, he just, like, turned around and looked confused, was gesturing to a fellow teammate. It was kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> and then on the Hill touchdown, uh, he was just absolutely lost in space, got turned around on, on the post and like, couldn't recover, was just stumbling. I think, like, one of the things that made him great at Cal was just, like, being decisive and putting his foot in the dirt and going and coming downhill. And remember, remember just, like, him lighting up dudes. So it might just be like him getting his feet wet in the NFL, and again, it's a terrible team. But uh, he's just a very different player, and he looks hesitant um, in his like basically his first real game action. So uh, it's too early to judge, but it, it doesn't look great right now. Uh, I got two corners for you, DBs, man. These uh, playing DB, especially this year with all the circumstances, probably really difficult, and that's probably they, why we're seeing so many struggle. Yeah, they give us content, baby. Um, but I, I'll give you, first of all, I know you'll agree with this one, Troy Pride. 
Yeah, he's been bad. Maybe, maybe that's why I thought AJ Terrell looked promising is because on the other side of that game, I'm seeing Troy Pride crawling around on the ground. <laughs> that honestly, that I'm that was like one of the funniest things I've seen this year. <laughs> I don't. It was just like he just suddenly went into animal mode and just started crawling around. That was just, that was a highlight of this game. It literally makes me laugh out loud, as you can tell. When I picture it, it was in my head. so funny. It was so funny. <laughs> just but yeah, see he, him he, crawling after Ryan. It's hilarious. He looks completely lost, like most weeks, and yeah, and I feel bad because he's guy. a fourth round rookie who has all this athleticism and talent, but it really needed to sit and learn. Mm-hmm. I thought another year at Notre Dame could have done him some good too, just because he's yeah. so he's very technically unclean and he doesn't find the football. And his instincts are shaky, but he's got all the tools to kind of put it together. But this could just shred his confidence so much that he's just crawling on the ground. Um, <laughs> I also put Michael Ojemudia, who I just feel bad putting. But yeah. he does not. He really can't find the football. Two guys who like should not be playing right now. and We've been saying this since week one because they've been playing since week one. It's just bad circumstances for both of them. Um, yeah. No, I, I I don't know. The rookie corner class is <laughs> in tough shape. Who's the best day three rookie? Uh, I'm dipping into one of your games. I put Darnell Mooney, but I'll give you another one after. I, I thought, thought he he's I, maybe it's not low key anymore, but I'll say low key. He's been one of the best rookie wide receivers, and it's you know it, we we mention every week where Nick Foltz isn't finding him. <laughs> But hey, he got the touchdown. He had, he had a couple big plays. Um, I, I for the record, I have this. I have the same, the same man. I think he's very clearly the best day three rookie. Yeah, I, I thought so too. That's why I dipped here. But uh, I, I'll give you another guy who kind of just maybe he's a little more out of nowhere. But I didn't want to. I figured you'd have Mooney, so I didn't want to just uh, steal him from you. Uh, Kamal Martin, the the Minnesota linebacker for Green Bay Did against you say Minnesota. Minnesota. Like you're from Minnesota, Minnesota. Minnesota, <laughs> don't you know? Uh, well, there, there's there was a lot of hype in, uh, about him coming into the year because they obviously really need linebacker in Green Bay, yeah. and then he he was banged up, and then now he's got he's he's gonna miss the game because of the close contact COVID. But yeah, um, yeah, this was his like first real extended playing time. Uh, he didn't really put up like big numbers, and like obviously the the Packers got gashed, but in the run game, but. Individually, I, I thought he looked good. Like he was around the ball a lot. Uh, he made a play on the Vikings' first or second drive. No, it would have been the first because their drives were a million hours long. Uh, he, where he broke up a screen. Uh, no, very promising for the for the Packers. Like you know, what's his, what's the name? Chris Barnes has been playing a lot, and yeah. yeah, they 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 need the linebacker help. And unfortunately, like you said, he, he went on the the COVID close contact list. But uh, no, that's promising for them for sure. You you mentioned my boy Mooney already. Yeah, he had five for sixty nine to score, and he should have had over a hundred yards if he had a yeah. competent quarterback. It's like every week where because Allen Robinson attracts so much coverage, they'll get Darnell Mooney uh, on a, in a one on one deep, and he is so uh, he is so quick with his release off the line, and then he's got that deep speed to separate. And if he had a more competent quarterback, like I think he'd be one of the best rookie receivers this year. I think he's yes. going to turn into – he's a perfect compliment to Allen Robinson, by the way. And I, I think he's going to turn into one of the best deep threats in the league if we can get him a quarterback. Um, he, he's already better than Anthony Miller is for the Bears, so. Yeah, Anthony Miller is the, the best, so it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, sorry, no. sorry pal. <laughs> 
but they they also just don't use them very much. But yeah, Moody Moody's obviously doing more than anything other. Um, it, like if the competent quarterback comes in there and maybe I I, I mean I don't think Nagy's gonna get fired unless they totally collapse. But with a competent quarterback, a young quarterback especially, and uh, and a new coaching staff, that Bears offense can turn around pretty quick. It's like Montgomery's making guys miss a lot. Uh, Tree Cohen's gonna come back ne- healthy next year, and we know what he can do. So there's like a lot of peace, and like the offensive line's eh, middle of the pack to horrible. Lower end of the pack. They're, whoa, it's, whoa, whoa, whoa! It's on, one on, of the bottom on. three. It's gotten worse. It started okay, and it's it's trending downhill, and they've they've been a bit banged up. But yeah, it's it's gone. It's, it's gone a lot of Bears talk. Let's move on. Best down, undrafted baby. rookie. Bear down, baby. Um, this <laughs> this is just Pac-12 podcast. Yeah. Okay. This one's like out of nowhere. No James Robinson this week, anyways. Uh, Tershawn yeah, Warden. Yeah, that really fucked us. I know. Tershawn Warden, who I did have out of nowhere, but I had to move him here for UDFA. Out of Missouri S and T. Oh, you're not a fan. Go. I don't know their name. Science and Technologies. Uh, four tackles and a sack against the Jets. Uh, played the run really well, and he, he's been a low key like I, I've noticed him a couple times. Just a nice contributor on the Chiefs defensive line. Um, it, it's so out of nowhere though. Like, it's good for him. That's why I put him here. He deserves it. Get the big side on Sam Darnold. Did you not study his tape coming out? <laughs> no, I've never heard of him before the before the season ah, started. I had draftable. Yeah, of course. Of course you did. You're not sure if I'm lying or not. You're not sure if I'm lying. No, I know you're lying. <laughs> I put Chris Jackson of the Titans. I uh, also... Well, it was really hard because he had no James Robinson. <laughs> no Mark, Marquez Callaway sat out because of yeah. injury. It was tough. Those are my two. Um, but Chris, Chris Jackson, who... who played early in the season and got hurt and he's back against the Bengals. Mm-hmm. He he's been like he's a he's got some friskiness to him. Like do I think he's a long-term starter? No, but he's better than Jonathan Joseph who got himself cut. He looks so bad oh, against man. the Bengals. Okay, he's I, so I, bad. Yeah, he was so so bad this week and I feel so he got the big revenge game and he, it was brutal <laughs> and then he yeah. got cut. I feel so bad but, for yeah. Joe. Ja- Jackson liked uh, a lot better than him, and, and they just trade for Desmond King. So like I, I think ultimately like Chris Jackson has shown enough in terms of like he's really like physical around the line of scrimmage, which is nice. He had a TFL. Uh, I, I think he's going to be a, a solid depth player for them going forward, which is which I mean that's all you can hope for out of an undrafted rookie, right? So, yeah, no, for sure, absolutely. Uh, rookies who flashed. Uh, I'll give you two uh, two skill position guys. I think I had Denzel Mims here last week, but I just I want to give the Jets a glimmer of hope when I shit on them everywhere else, right, rightfully so. <laughs> he only had two catches for 42 yards, and they're all in the first uh, quarter, but uh, <laughs> 42 yards was good enough to lead the Jets in receiving yards again. Uh, and then the, the one catch, it was like most of his yards. It was sick body control deep on the sideline. Um, had another one similar to that, but he ended up dropping it. But I, I think still the potential is there, and you're seeing enough, and – Again, the Jets are just a disaster. So seeing any glimmer of hope from rookies is positive <laughs> right now. Um, I will go with – I've got a handful. First, let, let me get Henry Ruggs out of the way, who had just two catches for eight yards, but had a touchdown call back that should have stood. I still can't believe it, it was ruled that mm-hmm. like you could see the grass. I don't know. Whatever, yeah. that was stupid. He also got open on a deep ball where Derek Carr missed him, which, I mean, let's blame the wind on that one, but Derek Carr also sucks. Um, 
he i think he's like he had that one 118 yard game on two, two grabs yeah. yeah like i think he he's so on the cusp of being like having these breakout games and it just isn't happening yet but there i think like i wouldn't be worried if i was a raiders fan about him um, I, yeah, I agree. I'd be more worried that they just won't, aren't going to get him involved properly. <laughs> yeah. Also, Jerry Judy, uh, who kind of quiet first half against the Chargers, then uh, kind of popped off a bit in the second half, had a big 43-yard catch and run. Um, that that offense, I think when Cortland Sutton's back, it's going to be really interesting to see how it works. Like When Fant yeah. and Sutton are healthy and Jerry Judy isn't the focal point of a defensive game plan, like it'll be really cool. Also, T. Higgins, uh, mm-hmm. Burrow loves him. Higgins makes all these contested catches. His ball skills are so impressive, and, and his body control. He he's like his sideline man with Boyd picking yeah. apart the, the middle. Whew, I got two more. <clears throat> Alex well, I, I can, Okay, I, w- I was going to give you a breather. I got one more. Alex, he- I'll, I'll let you next. Alex Heisman had a pick <laughs> against the Ravens. Um, he's been a really interesting third pass mm-hmm. for sure. He doesn't play much because Bud Dupree and TJ Water Pro Bowl guys, but he's I think next in a, year. like yeah next year like no way they're gonna pay Dupree. He's gonna get a fucking lot of money. Uh, but Alex Highsmith's so. gonna slide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Alex Highsmith's gonna slide in, and he he's starting to make more of a consistent impact each week. And that interception was a great play. Where earlier in the game they ran the same thing, and he 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 kind of can't like he didn't. Like he rode the fullback, and this time he dropped, and he Lamar wasn't ready for it, and he picked him. Yeah. All right, go ahead. <laughs> uh, one of your guys, Cam Akers, who finally got a couple more touches in this game, ten total, uh, had thirty-five yards on nine carries, and then he had a catch for nineteen yards where he broke a few guys' ankles. It, lo- it was awesome. He looked sudden. He looked so smooth and sudden. If, if that's even a weird combo, but in the open field, that that was really promising. Um, so again, I just uh, they kind of mix them in a bit more, and, and they did because this game was kind of over but if you can do that thing i mean obviously darrell henderson's been good this year uh malcolm brown's your thumper but um no mix acres in more and i said it last week and he, he looked pretty good um okay my final one jeff okuda ah he underrated thing about him he's a fantastic tackler and mm. he's very willing in the run game um like the colts didn't really do much in in terms of passing downfield uh but he looked solid against it he looked better on what when um playing man and them running like having a track uh like a drag or like mesh routes yeah he looked better and more aware of what was going on he he's kind of like he hasn't been great obviously he really struggled at the beginning of the year but he's improved and he's not getting toasted like he had been (laughs) that's good that's promising uh, okay, who's your out of nowhere, Rook? Hey, only one answer this week, even though he really didn't do anything. <laughs> Stephen Sullivan, baby, the LSU. I, I mean, I don't know if people know this, so I had to bring it up on the show. We know I talk about it all the time. The LSU tight end from last year, who is now playing edge for the Seattle Seahawks. And he played 22 snaps. Uh, it, it wasn't great, but he was there, and he was playing edge. It was pretty cool to see. Um <laughs> They keep like they're saying stuff about like how he's basically the same size and measurables as Clowney, so they they're saying insane stuff about him, and he seems like a pretty pretty genuine and cool guy. He's saying how on the on the car ride home he's like he's thinking to himself he's like I can't believe I just played edge in an NFL game. <laughs> he seems like a pretty funny dude, and uh, it's so it's such a weird story. Um, Dunlap's coming in, but Demontre Moore uh, 
I, I, you know, what? I'm just gonna roll into my next one quick. Demontre Moore's got suspended. Dunlap's coming in, and Alton Robinson, who I put for start, keeps flashing. Had another sack in this game, uh, and they just don't want to really give him any heavy snaps for some reason. So, I don't think Sullivan's gonna have to play that many snaps again. Uh, but it's still kind of insane. Um. Okay, my other Noah rookie is Carter Coughlin because he had a sack yeah. against the Buccaneers, and I was <laughs> shocked. <laughs> my king. That's awesome. I bet the, the, the Golden Gophers wish they still had him. I, I'm sure they do, yeah. couple couple Gophers right. on the show today, baby. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, okay, my, my you, you did your start to work. I, I jumped to mine. I got one more if you want me to go first. Okay, okay, Jesus. Sorry, go ahead. I don't know. You seem like you need to breathe here. I'm feeling you out today. Um, this is one you had last week, I think. Willie Gay, who's uh, last week had 39, yeah. 39 snaps, had 10 snaps this week. So I don't know what the hell's going on. It was the Jets. There was never a threat of them scoring. Like, get him on the field, man. He, he was playing well last week. I, I don't really get it. Um, this will come back to bite the Chiefs. No, I'm just joking. But they should get him on the field. Uh, I will go with Michael Pittman Jr., who is apparently almost healthy or is healthy. Uh, the Colts really need him. Mm -hmm. Their passing attack is sad. Philip Rivers sucks. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's banged up and not the same guy he used to be. They need Michael Pittman to spark this thing and give them a 50-50 ball downfield guy who can also win um, win over the middle. And I'm excited. To, he flashed before he got hurt. I'm excited to see what he can bring to this Colts yeah. offense because the Colts are a competitive football team despite their offense being so inconsistent. Just like uh, last And I year. think Pitt, Pittman, Pittman can be an interesting playmaker there. So Very much so. That's, that's a good one. They, they need him. Thanks, AJ. You're welcome, man. You, did, and, you and needed that today. The little boost. Yeah. So, happy election. Hear that? That's the sound of change being cooked up in our schools. Each day, school food professionals throughout California are working to make better meals for our kids, one tray at a time. These meal planning, sauce stirring, taste bud training professionals are making food for students from kindergarten to high school using fresher ingredients and flavors kids love. The secret ingredient to better school food in California? The dedicated professionals who are improving it every day. Learn more about how they're cooking up change at schoolfoodpros.org. Grant provided by California Community College's Chancellor's Office. 